Hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online podcast. Um, I'm here today with cosmetic dentist Martina Hodgson. Um, so how have the last eight months been for you? Hi Gabby. Um, yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride, I have to say. <laughs> um, you know, there's been a lot of horrible stuff going on in the world and it's been a very difficult time for everyone. But um, for me personally, and in terms of my career and work, it's actually been an incredible year. It's been quite unique. Okay. So what, 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 how, how were the, how was the lockdown for you? I mean, obviously we're currently in another one. Um, but the first one was, I think we can all agree was a lot more intense than, than the one currently, um, mainly because obviously practices has to close their doors. So how, how was, how was that for you? Did you, what was sort of the major challenges um, that you faced during that time? Yeah, lockdown was uh, very, very difficult going into it, sort of making that decision to close my practice, worrying about how I was going to look after my team, how I was going to keep their jobs. You know, this was even before furlough was announced, we decided to close our doors. Um, you know, and I just stood in front of them all as uh, the day we closed and I sort of looked them all in the eye and um, you know, promised them all I'd keep their jobs, but I honestly didn't have an idea how I was gonna do that. Mm. I just knew that I had to. Um, and then Rishi came out and kind of saved the day, didn't he? But that was mm -hmm. good. Um, I think I shed a little tear at that moment <laughs> of joy and relief. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was a really, really difficult time. And we, we had no idea what we were going into, did we? And, we had no idea what was going to happen to our businesses and it was all you know everyone the bda were reporting one three businesses were going to go bust and dental practices and um you know it, it was a really really difficult time but not only that then i've got my two kids at uh, homeschooling so trying to sort my team out trying to sort the practice out um homeschool the two kids which is probably like the biggest challenge of my lifetime <laughs> which i kind of handed over to my husband quite well to be honest <laughs> he kind of was amazing with them and um, but yeah it was it was really it was really challenging and I think that so many amazing opportunities rose up out of that challenge um, that really made it actually quite a special time in the end it's, it's funny isn't it because when when you're experiencing experiencing it at the time you're like this is you have no like you said you had no idea what's going to happen and it's all very daunting and overwhelming but then when you get through it and you know you do get through it and you look back you then think actually mm. you know it was a horrible time but you can draw mm. positives out of it um I mean how how has it been working again now I mean like you I think we spoke about it briefly before we started recording your practice was in tier three um before um the national lockdown was announced so what was sort of patient footfall like were, were people still coming in yeah um basically we're, we're a fully private practice and i've never seen patient demand like it in my whole life just in terms of general dentistry um you know obviously a lot of nhs practices aren't seeing people for routine dentistry and they're really struggling to get in so we were see, getting a lot of new patients just for routine general dentistry but then the demand for cosmetic dentistry and in particular for me what I do is Invisalign um, I've just never seen anything like it so it's gone from that feeling of you know the world's going to end just before the 23rd of March to <laughs> how can I keep up with this amazing demand so I honestly feel like the most blessed per I hate that word but you know 
the, the privilege that we've got now and the position that we're in now is amazing and really just to make the most of it because we are heading you know going to be heading into this awful recession and we don't know what's around the corner so we do need to make the most of it yeah definitely definitely um why, why do you think that is i mean there's been a lot of speculation about why people there's been this sort of surge in demand for cosmetic um dental treatments but have you spoken to your patients have they said why mm. why they've chosen now to, to take these steps yeah i think there's a lot of factors um certainly people have got spare money and i think that's the number one factor is people aren't spending any money um a lot of people have been furloughed um or just you know managed to carry on working if, mm. if they've been fortunate um, so they have got spare money. Uh, there's this Zoom effect, isn't there, where we're suddenly all staring at our own teeth and, and people don't realise what other people see when you're speaking um, into the camera. So that's been quite interesting. And then people have got, they're much more flexible with their time. So again, we're in another lockdown and I'm booking my patients in and they're not going, oh, I need it to be after five or I need it to be on a weekend. They can just come any time. And we're doing things like a lot more um, video consultations. I do my kind of clean check reviews via Zoom and all that. So it's just this sort of the way that, that we, dentistry has changed and the way we've had to approach it is actually such a benefit for patients because it's actually become much more convenient for them as well. And they're wearing their masks. So <laughs> they don't care if they're wearing, you've got their attachments on or they've yeah, got to yeah. out. And, you know, now is the time. They're just wanting it doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I've spoken to a lot of people who have said they've seen a similar pattern to you. Just, but I mean, you said you mentioned virtual consultations there, which were obviously key when um, when practices shut their doors. Was this something you were using before the pandemic? Is it, or is this something that you've you've really capitalised since it it happened? Yeah, the um, virtual consultations, we kind of started, so we kind of got into lockdown and we had that first few weeks where it was kind of Netflix and day drinking, and you know, just to get through the day and like binge eating. Um, and then I kind of thought, right, well, I, I need to do something now. I need to be a bit proactive. So the only person that I didn't furlough was my treatment coordinator, Tracy. And we had a chat and we, we decided we were going to have a stab at these video consultations because we could actually see that there was suddenly this demand out there for Invisalign. And I said, you know, we, we need to try this. So we just, we had a go at it and it was great. <laughs> and, you know, patients that were getting in contact, we were able to ring them, speak to them straight away, just have a chat on the phone. And so everyone that you rang would pick up the phone everyone would turn up for their video consultation mm -hmm. and they'd have their kids running riot in the background and cats, <laughs> walking, you know, and it was all a bit bonkers, but it was actually totally amazing. And we just spent the whole of lockdown um, doing video consultations for Invisalign so that when we opened our doors in June, on the 8th of June, we had 20 new Invisalign patients already booked in, deposits paid, and when you run a practice and you've stood in front of your team and promised them all their jobs, that is a big weight off your shoulders. And that was amazing. Absolutely. I mean, how prior to the pandemic, I think there was this, there was a stigma attached to teledentistry. Um, mm -hmm. I think people were quite sceptical, perhaps. I think that might be fair to say. Um, and obviously there is this fear that comes with it that 
it, not that it will, but that there's a potential that it will start to replace that more traditional side of dentistry, you know, in-face um, appointments. I think we can agree that, that, it's, that there's always, always going to be a need for in-person appointments. That's never going to go. But do you think that virtual consultations are now something that everybody should sort of be embracing? Um, do you think it can complement a practice nicely? Or do you think there is a slight worry that it might go too far the other way, if you see what I mean? I think that there is a place for it forever now. Um, I think, like you say, nothing can replace that face-to-face -face rapport that you can build with a patient and that relationship building. But you know, there's a not, we're in this time now where these waves are gonna keep coming and yes, there's a vaccine on the horizon, but there's a lot of reasons why patients might not want to come into a practice. So right now, my son's isolating, 10 years old, doing his homework as we speak. Um, and, you know, I can't really go anywhere. So if I wanted to go and have a consultation, I couldn't go anywhere, but I could do it on Zoom. And what about nervous patients, you know, that don't want to come into the practice to start with and they want to just have that chat, build that little bit of a rapport and find out a little bit more before they come in. What about people with disabilities? Um, you know, kids as I say so I think there's m many many types of people where a virtual consultation is going to be incredibly valuable and positive to them and um, people that work from home you know if they just you know want to just put it in between their zoom calls it's so convenient for people and I think you've got to offer that choice and that's what we do and yes now we're in another lockdown so we're definitely erring towards the video again but you can adapt and it makes you much more adaptable I think I think that's a good point. Um, I think it is about catering um, for for different types of patients, like you said, and maybe this was something that was always going to happen. But the pandemic just sped up the process a little bit more. And it just yeah. showed that actually there is value in having these virtual consultations, like you said. Prior to the pandemic, I think a lot of people would agree that nothing like this has ever nothing has happened like this in dentistry before. Um, this has been the biggest um challenge for, for dentists of all ages and all specialities um how, how how did you get into dentistry actually to, to start with? how what so so not everyone the more I, the more i speak to dentists the more i realize that no one person's journey has is the same answer yeah. yeah um so i got into dentistry because actually since about the age of 13 when i had metal braces i wanted to be an orthodontist and um, so i went to uh and but i was also a violinist so I had the choice really between whether to go to being a professional violinist or be a dentist. Wow. And I actually just thought that dentistry had a little bit more job security. Um, so I went for dentistry and um, I remember I applied to Leeds University was my top choice, mainly because they did the cadavers dissection. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I just thought it was really cool to be cutting up dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair reason I think that's completely fair so, I'm not sure if you've heard that reason before <laughs> no, definitely um, but that's what oh there was a really cool club in Leeds as well called back to basics um so that was my other reason for wanting to go to Leeds so yeah that's that's how I kind of got into dentistry in the first place and I never did end up being a specialist orthodontist but um I definitely obviously that's how I spend the majority of my time now so I love it because um, I get to, as a general dentist, do what is my passion, which is the orthodontics, but also do the nice flowery bits at the end with the composite bonding and stuff like that. So it's, you get to do the whole 
progression of the whole treatment. So I really love that. How, so cosmetic dentistry, how, how, how did you head towards that? How, was there anything that particularly caught your attention um, in, 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 in that speciality or was it just, do you sort of fall into it? I think it, it was just for me, yeah, that natural progression um, of doing a lot of orthodontics and then that kind of leads you down that route of aesthetic dentistry. And I think it's just, um, I love that feeling that when you finish that treatment and you show your patient their new smile and like, if they don't cry, I get really upset. Like, why aren't you crying? Because I just love it. Like. Like what job do you get to do that where you can change someone's life in that way but you know obviously lots of jobs but um yeah it's amazing and you know one of my associates he's an endodontist and I'm so grateful for him because I literally haven't done a root canal in years but um I couldn't do his job but he loves it yeah. you know so I definitely wouldn't have gone down that route. And that's the amazing thing that I love about dentistry is it is so varied, so wide what you can do. You can go down the business route. You can go down the clinical route. There's so many different specialities and you can do what really makes you passionate about your job. And I think that's, that's the amazing thing about dentistry. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I don't think anybody should underestimate the importance of somebody's smile. Um, like you said, you had, did you say you had braces when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was the same. And it, if I look back now and I think, I don't think I really appreciated what that was at the time because I was, I was 12, 13 years old. So exactly. I thought it was just something that a lot of teenagers get. Um, but now I look back and I think I was so lucky um, exactly. to, to, to have gone, to have had that um, that process because my teeth were an absolute mess when I was a kid. You know, they were, I, they were, my mum had braces for 10 years on and off. So I was, it wow. was inevitable that I was going to have a, an overcrowded mouth, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, you've I, got lovely teeth now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You know, I look at my, I think my, my dentist who referred to me, referred to me at the time is still my dentist now and every time I, mm. I see him I just thank him I'm like oh and that's it isn't it like yeah it makes a massive difference it is so satisfying and so rewarding and when you get those comments uh, from patients and they just spontaneously put it on social media and and stuff like that and it is it I just for me it's the only it's the best part of dentistry but like I say everyone's got their own passion and I think if I was going to give a young dentist any advice it would be to find to really home in on what it is you love doing because I think that's when you find that you get really really good at it because you kind of do need to specialize in one area um, and that's when you get really good you can be a general dentist forever and that's amazing too um, whatever suits you I guess as, as, yeah, a, exactly. as a clinician yeah I always wonder this is it when you're when you're training to be a dentist and, and and after you after you you graduate and you're in sort of those early years can it be quite disorientating to realize actually there is an element of this that I don't like because I always think mm. I know that sounds sounds might sound like a bit of a weird question but no is it you don't have to like all aspects of dentistry you know like mm. you said there's always going to be something that you're more interested in than others but is there any part of dentistry for example that you thought okay actually this really isn't for me <laughs> I'm sure every dentist has a part that they really hate. I can't say, I mean, I, I love being a general dentist, but uh, like I say, 
Whatever you find, if I right, extractions, oral <laughs> surgery. There you go. Not for me. Too much blood and mess. Too too, too sweaty. <laughs> yes, no. So you know, and that's it. And I'm, I've got an oral surgeon in my practice. So uh, you know, you're getting the vibe here that I don't yeah, do yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's so great about the profession is that you you there's people that are always going to be interested in different things, and there's there's going to be a space for everybody. Exactly. Um, and yeah, that's, it's important to enjoy what you do. I think, I, I think that a lot of people sometimes go through life not doing what they enjoy doing, which is a real mm. shame in my opinion. Mm. So if you can get enjoyment and satisfaction out of your job whilst making a difference, um, then, then that's great. Yeah, and I actually think it's best for patients too, because um, if there is something that you don't enjoy or you're not very good at, um, but you know someone who is really good at it, it's way more in your patient's best interest to refer them, you know, to someone else. If I've got to take an upper seven out, <laughs> it's just, they're just much better off with my associate. Do you know what I mean? Like, why would I put them through that misery when he can pop it out in five seconds? It's just, it's not fair, is it? <laughs> no, that is a good point. That is a good point. Um, but I mean, looking forward to obviously this year has happened and it's something that we're all coming to terms with now. Um, and we're hopefully, I mean, I know 2021, the virus isn't just going to disappear, but I'm hoping as a gen in general, it will become less uh, prominent um, than it is um, at the moment. So going forward, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges um, faced by, by dentists? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I think the NHS um, element is, is going to be difficult for NHS dentists. And, you know, I think there's a lot of insecurity there for them. Um, I think this virus is going to be around for a while. And I just think even with the um, vaccine, I just wonder how long these extra precautions that we're taking are going to last for and actually if some of them are going to stay permanently. Um, so, you know, we're all just <laughs> up in the air and just carrying on and keep on carrying on as best we can. I think that the most important thing that we can do as sort of business owners and, and just dentists in general is going to be to maximize any opportunities and look out for any opportunities because I never would have gone into lockdown thinking what an amazing year I would have. Um, but it's because I saw opportunities and I grabbed them. And I think if you if you've got this negative attitude that, oh, you know, it's all dreadful and it's all doom and gloom, you're never ever gonna see any opportunities. You're always gonna struggle. But if you keep that positive outlook and you keep that, uh, you know, like me, I'm just always on the lookout. And I just, and that's, and that's where you become successful, isn't it? And we've, I've been through a recession before. Um, we'll, we'll go through another one and I'm sure we'll be fine. But the number one thing that we can do as a profession is to stick together and to collaborate. And I don't think I could have got through lockdown without um, the amazing um, groups that I was in. Um, you know, we formed this amazing group of female practice owners during lockdown and we're still like WhatsApping most days. Um, and just from my other colleagues as well, I just, we couldn't have done it without each other. And I think that's, where we need to continue going forwards. Do you feel that perhaps there was a bit of a, um, I'm not going to say divide, but perhaps 
maybe, maybe divide is the right word, between practitioners prior to the pandemic, do you think this has helped to make the profession sort of more unified as a whole? I think that, I think it's really, I don't know how much of a divide there was before, probably there was. Then we all went into lockdown and suddenly everyone was like pally pally and we're all gonna stick together. And now it's just kind of, it feels like it's split again. And, and it feels like, and it's a shame, but I think it's it's not the profession's fault. I think it's the the guidance that we've had and, and the kind of leadership at the top that we've had has been lacking to the point that it has divided, especially private and NHS practices. There's such a difference between what an NHS practice is doing and what a private practice is doing. How can it not divide the profession? Yeah, it is true. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how how the next year pans out. But one thing I think, hopefully, we can confidently say, because obviously, you know, this is a second lockdown. That's, they're calling it the second lockdown now. And mm-hmm. like I said, it, I don't think it is comparable to the first. We can still go out for walks with someone from another household. Um, schools are still going in. Universities are still going in. I'm not going to, I don't know about you, but the, the cars are still very much on the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem to have impacted people no. very much. Um, but what I think we, we can say is that practices now will stay open um and there's yeah. not there's not that fear that you, you're going to be told to close your doors again i think it's um definitely yeah um okay well to to round round off the um the podcast i always ask this question to people um which is moving away from dentistry um what do you like to do in your spare time is there something that maybe your colleagues don't know about you i mean obviously you <laughs> well one thing actually i want to know is you mentioned the vi- playing the violin earlier do you oh, still yeah. you still is that still something that you you do I'd love to say that I do, <laughs> but sadly, uh, I don't. However, about once a year, it comes out at Christmas, and it's amazing how I can it just picks it up. Oh, so you, um, you, can still, you can still play something on it? I can totally like play oh, what I used to be able to play. It's crazy, but I think I just did it so much. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, so no, I don't play that, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> um i think um like i don't really get much spare time with yeah you're not the first person to say that kids and and all that but i am very um i'd sound quite disciplined in terms of exercise i love my peloton every literally everybody knows i love my peloton so i'll get on my bike every morning um oh, i'm loving there's a, like some beyonce rides out there at the moment you know it's, it's really good fun it got me through lockdown mentally more than I physically bet. Yeah. Um, so that's like my little kind of me time. Is this every a day. every day? Yeah, every day you, yeah. you jump. In. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then I can eat what I want then, so it's all good, isn't it? Do you know what? There's been a lot of chat about these bikes lately. In fact, yeah. Julian, Julian in the office is considering getting one. Yes, um, I think he was asking me. I think his wife wants one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was asking me about it. This is what I mean. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I know they're not, they're not cheap, but they, they, what is it about them that everybody loves so much? Is it because, is it the programs that come with it? That's the, the yeah, like the rides are so cool. So they have all these different instructors and then you have this screen and then they, the playlists are awesome. So you get on and you've got these amazing playlists. So it might be an eighties playlist or it might be like a Billy Joel, you know, whatever, or Beyonce. Um, but they do, um, you can do sort of yoga, obviously not on the bike, on the floor, and strength, <laughs> yeah, like strength classes, and you can do everything. 
And you, I just don't, I've just, I don't need a gym anymore. I was just about to say, do you not yeah. have a gym membership then? You've just, no. just the Peloton. Yeah. It, do you know, it, it, it does sound, I understand the- You're gonna get one now, aren't you? I'm not, I, I mean, if I had enough space in my house, if I came in of a Peloton, I'd, sit, I'd just have to go in the living room. My, my sister's like, what is this? Just taking up half the- You're half grunting the away while she's trying to watch TV. <laughs> exactly, but do you know what? Particularly in the winter and, and I mean, was it, did you have this prior to the pandemic? Was this, was yes, this I did actually, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I can't imagine that this has really also hammered home the benefits of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I used it. I use it a lot more now. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and the, the classes and things like that, I, I don't know about you, but I always find it a lot more motivating when when you've got, like you said, the playlists and you've got these yeah, yeah. And you can see other people, can't you, that are, that are involved, can't you? You can, you can there's like a, a leaderboard. So you can, if you want to like compete against other people, you can. But the instructors, you know, it's like quite glamorous. Like they're all glammed up with their makeup on and stuff and these cool outfits. It's all good fun. It's it does fun. It does sound fun. I, I uh, yeah, I understand yeah. the appeal. I get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting to me today. Um, You're I mean, welcome. We've got a month and a half left of the year. So, uh, yeah, good luck with everything. And I hope it's it's not too stressful as, as we come in, coming closer to Christmas. Yeah, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.